Eric from Kansas. So I should do a, a Taylor Marshall thing where I get a thing of a thumbnail thing of Kansas, the band. <laughs> and I'm going to put on there, uh, Eric from Kansas, 10 o'clock. Or you could just like, since Kansas is that, you know, flyover state that everybody hates to drive through. You could just like have a old West thing with, uh, what do they call those tumbleweeds blowing through town? Yeah. Get a picture of old Dodge City. That'd be good. I'm going to start. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to spice it up. So tell me, um, you sent me about 25 texts over the weekend. Different. Uh, I know one question you had is, um, you know, there's this thought out there that everybody's leaving the Catholic Church. It's all you hear about. And people like you and me are concerned with keeping them in. And we lose sight of the fact that this is in every kind of church there is. Every church. And Protestant church, they got more uh, people that you would call ex I mean, look, look at this one. They've got all kinds of denominations and many Protestant Christians have been members of four and five and six and seven, eight, nine, ten denominations. So yeah. multiply that. I mean, we got folks leaving the Catholic Church and maybe coming back. But let's hope so. But they got people leaving and they got a thousand to choose from. <laughs> you know, <laughs> before they ever get to choosing Catholic. So that works them. In Kansas. Hold on a sec. I forgot to I forgot to bring up the YouTube. You're fine. I can see you fine. So uh, I'm doing I'm doing this so I can see comments. Right. Yeah, I already do that too, but it, it don't seem to work sometimes. Wait, where'd it go? Hold on. Sorry. Hey, everybody. We're trying to get to where we can respond to comments because what's I've got a vertical my screen I'm on top Eric's on bottom. That sounds kind of vulgar, but oh, uh, anyhow, we see the comments, but they're like this big and they they stay on the screen like for five seconds, and you're like and then they disappear. Yeah, and at the same time you're trying to listen to your guest and. Guests are real tough to get a word in with sometimes. You have to, you know, flag them down. To, so, like, Eric's not even looking. So, <laughs> so go ahead. And, yeah, uh, I can't believe. Let's, let's get back to that picture you posted. I like still it? can't believe you used that picture. Well. I've, I think it's hilarious, but I still can't believe you did. There's a girl. Her name's Taylor, and she's supposed to be on here Friday. And she's a convert. Yeah. And so I asked her, something I'm going to start doing, I'm going to ask guests to send me a picture of themselves they like. Because if I do it, if I just pick an action shot, I've had them call me, please put a different picture up. I think that's <laughs> you pick the worst picture. 
Well, you, you took a picture of me when I was like this. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, try to, oh, if I don't have a good picture, then send me a picture of you that you do like. So you sent me the funny picture, so I'll post it. Then she sent I me. Said, I, said, I sent you two pictures. Yeah. One of them was Eric not, you know, in front of his artwork here. And then I sent you the goofy one because I, I like to be funny, but <laughs> I'm okay either way. I'm not that dang shy. Well, a lot of people are, especially the females. They're, they're oh, no doubt. I didn't have my head, you know, all this stuff. So, so tell me what's going on in that head of yours lately. <laughs> what's going on in this head of mine is I talk to Protestants. I've spent some time on Facebook and I'm, I try to have conversations with them and I try to promote Catholicism and I try to understand their perspectives. And a lot of the time they say things. Uh, one example is a coworker of mine for 30 plus years posted a meme on Facebook about Jesus. And I said, so what does that mean to you? And he gave me a Mickey Mouse answer of, well, if you know, you know. And that started my brain. And that hard to tell. Do what? Isn't his job to tell? That's See, kind of where I was coming he from. Made it all times uh, answer to the faith to defend the faith. Isn't your isn't your job to share the gospel? It's and I had another friend live it and defend it. Yeah, I, explain it. Not just not just regurgitate Bible verses, but explain it. But it's like they're afraid that they're adding or taking away from the words of the Bible and that they'll be doomed or something, I guess. I don't know. But I had another friend who I have unfriended since because he's such a belligerent jerk. Is, but, it, uh, is it Mr. Fish? No. No, this is a Protestant. He, I believe he's he Baptist. But anyway, he kept saying, Eric. I don't think you understand the the gospel. And I'm like, well, tell me what the gospel is to you. It's like they have a riddle. And if you don't answer the riddle in the way that they want to say it, you're wrong. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to explain it. St. Peter standing there on Pentecost Sunday was talking to a bunch of Jews from all over God's green earth that came for the Passover, right? Some of them were Hellenistic, which means they spoke Greek. Some of them spoke another language, blah, 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 blah. But they were all Jews, and they all came together. How did St. Peter convert 3,000 people that day if all he spoke about was riddles? How are you supposed to, I'm probably sounding quite passionate, but I'm not mad. How did Peter do that? And that's that's the thing that baffles me. But anyway, it got me 
pondering the things Protestants say. Now, because I'm a redneck and I'm a little, I got a sense of humor, which is definitely probably going to set some people off. I stated it as stupid things Protestants say. This is on your phone. What, uh, what's your name on Facebook so people can find you? You might uh, meet a famous. I, I, I use my real name on Facebook. Well, okay. Eric from Kansas, uh, is that your real name? The name I use on Twitter and YouTube is Eric Rednecky. And it's pronounced Rednecky because that's something. You know, people just could never pronounce my name, and they'd look at me and go, hey, you're kind of a redneck. <laughs> but my actual name is Eric Reinecke. And I'm a, I've got a, I've got what can be a wicked sense of humor. That's why we get along. Sometimes I'm a, sometimes I'm a little dirtier than I ought to be. So don't look at, everything I do and then be too critical. But my on Facebook, I'm Eric Reinecke, R-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's pronounced Reinecke. It's German. Mm-hmm. Fine. And, well, it is what it is. You know, I can't change that. So... <laughs> The thorn of humanity. The <laughs> of humanity. Hey, I, I had uh, I was with this client of mine that has a Hispanic last name. Her last name is Romero. And somehow we got to talking about Germans. And I her said, last name is what? Ramirez. She has a Hispanic. Oh, a Spanish last name. Yeah, Ramirez. And she's got dark hair. You, know, you can't, like I was talking to Esteban the other day, what does Hispanic look like? I mean, what do they look, I mean, I saw a bunch of redneck Miami police at a bar once that were older guys, like in their 60s. They were, they looked battle-worn. They were very tanned, they silver hair, and they looked like rednecks. Like I look right now, said they were a little older. So I walked over there to them because I used to be a policeman and they were all Cubans, Hispanic with thick accents that I could hardly understand their English. And I didn't ever guess in a million years they were Hispanic. I thought they were like rednecks, right? <laughs> so I told her she's the same way, this Ramirez girl. I said, man, oh, those Germans can be, you know, terrible, terrible people. Straight up, and she said, "I'm full-blooded German on both sides." And I, wow. I was, oops, oops. <laughs> you know, but there's been a lot of trouble coming out of that part of the world. There's well, my dad's family, my dad's family has been in the United States since the 16 or 1700s. So yeah, you're not. But my mom's side didn't come over till the early 1900s. Yeah, my uh, but, and they spent time in Spain when my dad was in the Air Force. He was stationed over there. Mm -hmm. And we were we had that conversation growing up. 
how come all the Latinos here in America have, you know, dark hair and brown skin? And they're like, no, the Spaniards, they're European. Yeah. They're, they're just like the French or the English or the Germans. They're, they're all intermixed among them. It's when they came to the United States and started getting with the Aztecs and the Mayans that they started to become more dark hair, dark skin. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know what's in somebody's wood pile. Well, and you, you know, can't hold them. You can't blame them for that. In my opinion, the entire Reformation was 95% political. In Probably. My, my opinion, it was all about politics and very little to politics. Do. Very little Money. To do with theology because Germany, they don't want no one over them ever. And they're going to rise up again. You mark my word, you people watching this is 2023. If you're watching this YouTube down the road, if it's still in, in existence, you'll say that guy knew what he was talking about because they're <laughs> going to rise up again. You know, a lot of people yeah. had woke agendas forced upon them. Wokeness forced upon them, and most of us have been good natured with it, put up with it. But sooner, sooner or later, it's going to blow up, and there'll there'll be another guy over there because they've they've had two anti-Semitics to uh, lead that country. <laughs> Kansas Dalton, newly baptized. Dalton's a newly baptized. Believer, Eric, you gonna say hey cool. from Kansas, or are you gonna keep Hi, Dalton? Up? Hey, what's the like? Dalton, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be a convert. It's mm -hmm. got to be awesome. It is, but it depends on where you're coming from and your family and everything, because it can be a hard decision that costs you everything spouse well, I don't get me wrong I understand what it's like to make a lot of Protestants mad because I do that on a routine basis it seems I'm not trying to I'm trying to have conversations but they don't want to have conversations they want to they want to end the conversation they want to shut me down. And uh, it's overwhelming the weight that I felt being lifted off my shoulders, the joy I will never forget Easter vigil. Neither will I. Cool. I've it's, forgotten. <laughs> I'm a cradle. Yeah, that's too bad because my grandkids, both my grandkids are Catholics, baptized at birth, already going to mass. Got the the youngest one, he's at mass and and uh that's what they're. That's what they're going to know. Things like Our Lady of Guadalupe won't freak them out, like it did me. What the heck is this? You know, every, <laughs> every day, you know, my friends would find out I was going to the Catholic Church. I got links in in the email every day about some crazy stuff that ain't true. Every day. Yeah, but when I listen to you. And the con conversion stories that you have on this YouTube, it 
melts my freaking heart because number one, I'm actually hearing things that I've believed most of my life, even when I wasn't practicing. And for someone to go from a Catholic hater or at least anti-Catholic to somebody who loves being Catholic, and it's not that you love the religion, you love God and Jesus, but the Catholic Church is the vehicle that gets you there. And, I mean, it is awe-inspiring how you have done a complete 180 and how a lot of these other people have done a 180, and now they can see the truth because they've started to pay attention to the history. And mm, it's awesome to see that. It really is. It. It's uplifting to watch. I love conversion stories. I could sit and watch uh, Journey Home all the time. Mm -hmm. I just, I enjoy it. Yeah. It it strengthens my faith. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a story. When When I got hired by EWTN, have you ever heard of Michael Warsaw? No, I haven't. He's the chief of EWTN, or used to be when I was there. I don't know if he is now, but um, he personally interviews every new hire. Every You have to go see Michael. So I went up to his office, and he said, you're sitting right now where I sat on my first day, and Mother Angelica was sitting where I'm sitting right now, giving me, giving me the same speech I'm giving you. And he said, one thing I like to do, it always fascinates me to hear the story of how people around here, you know, we're in Alabama, became Catholic. How do you become Catholic in Alabama? It's virtually impossible. It's all uphill. Oh, yeah, it's like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of those, um, a rope with the knots in it. Yeah, trying to climb a rope. Yeah. And then you go put it on YouTube, Dalton. I thought it was going to be a bad day. I woke up and my miraculous bell had broken overnight. I went to Mass and was, I didn't catch the last part. I have to go back and read it. He went to Mass and was gifted one by his friend who moved to New York to work with the Sisters of Life. So he broke his miraculous medal and then he was gifted one. Do you know what? You know what I did my on Easter vigil. I had to shut my phone off the last few days, like from Thursday until Saturday night, because you know my phone blew up magically, blew up with drama that week, Holy Week, and I knew it was going. There was this realtor girl. She's a real estate girl not Catholic. And even though I'm in real estate at the time, I owned a carpet cleaning business. So this real estate lady and one of my clients 
you know, because sometimes I'll two time, I'll have them as my real real estate client, and I would get their house, you know, the work for their house. Ready to sell. They got to fighting. They got into some huge. I think one of them was caught the other one's husband with them at a softball. Some kind of drama, you know, reality show stuff. And I just hushed her up because she called me, wanting to get me to hear her side of the story. I said, look, I'm becoming Catholic in like 72 hours. And this ain't the weekend for me to get involved in drama. Goodbye. Well, can I just call you and tell you? No, don't call me. Don't text me. And then when I got off the phone with her, I cut my phone off. And also that whole week, I had some severe anxiety problems. So this was 10 years ago. Nine, to be exact. Going on. Yeah. So I was starting to have some anxiety to where all day Saturday, I just had this fear I was going to drop dead before confirmation. My heart was pounding. It was pounding out of my chest. And, you know, it's a big move to go from, I don't think that people that were raised Catholic or that live in a Catholic culture, like New York City, Boston, Brazil, they may not even be Catholic, but they know the culture. But it's such a 180, such a departure from being a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Presbyterian. And you got to remember, for all those years, all of my friends were Protestant. And I yeah. ain't never heard anything good about the Catholic Church ever. Never, except they help poor people. So, we, you well, know, we, most of my friends today and for the last 30 years are either agnostic or atheist or Protestant. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have any good buddies that are Catholic. Mm -hmm. Well, all the ones I have, I met, you know, through this platform because there's, well, I live near EWTN. Therefore, there are some EWTN people that are Catholic. There are some Catholic people that work there, a few. Okay, but like my neighbor across the street, um, tall Fred was mother's first employee. Okay? And I'll see him this week out there mowing grass. So he's Catholic. But he's not even Catholic. Take that back. He's not Catholic. He dropped out of RCIA two years two during COVID. He dropped out. He's going. He's going to do it, but he's still over there, Baptist now. Uh, then two houses down, one of the VPs lives there. That's Catholic, but she's living in Denver, running the Denver part of uh, EWTN. There's no Catholics around here. And do you do you wonder? Huh? If do you wonder if people stay Protestant because? There's too much information to be Catholic. One thing is I mean, how, think about it. If if you're Catholic, there's 2,000 years of history. 1,990 years. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at right now. 1,990? 1,990. Oh. Not quite 2,000 years, but we round it up and say 2,000. But to be Protestant, it's only 500 years. Yeah. And 
And then if you go back and use the Bible, then you've got a gap from when the Bible stops and when Martin Luther stood up. Also, in between that, the they old, like to ignore <clears throat> Malachi and Matthew, they got a big old gap in the Protestant Bible. <clears throat> There's a gap in the Protestant Bible? There is. There sure Talking is about big... the Old Testament, the Deuterocanonical books? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the Protestant Bible, there's a big absence from Malachi till John the Baptist shows up. But in the Catholic Bible, that all, all that in between stuff's right there, Maccabees. Tobit. Yeah, all that stuff was going did I, on. Did I ever mention I had a German shepherd dog named Tobit? That's a good name. <laughs> I love that name and I love that dog. Where the Ninja Turtles come from? Tobit, Raphael, and all those guys. Well, Raphael, uh, Leonardo. Yeah, Protestants don't have that. Their baseline is different than ours. Okay. Their baseline is the Bible, the Bible and their interpretation of it. Their current. But then there's a gap until Martin Luther. But they don't know that. Here's what they I think. know. Here's what they think. They think that the early church was probably okay for a few years. All right? And then immediately got went off track when it got to Rome and Constantine. And all, it immediately was a marriage of paganism with this new grassroots gospel merged together, became instantly corrupt and perverted and remained that way all the way till a drunk priest that broke his vows and would have been probably institutionalized today started making noise. The greatest anti-Semitic that ever lived until Adolf. Have you read Luther's sermons? The Jews and their lies. Have you read that? I have not. I have not read them, but I have heard summaries of them. Mm -hmm. And just recently, <clears throat> I saw. I was listening to your uh, video with the Lutheran convert. I don't didn't I don't recall his name, but he's one of your videos. Anyway, I was listening. On my computer while I was sitting across the room in my recliner, and I fell asleep. Mm -hmm. When I woke up, YouTube kept playing, and they played a Lutheran sermon, and then they had a video of a sermon by a Reverend Wolf. I can't remember his last name, but it's Wolf something. And he's a Lutheran reverend. And the title of his presentation was The Real Martin Luther. And I woke up in the middle of that, and I was hearing things while I was waking up that made me go, oh, that sounds good. And then I went, here's something else, and went, Oh, crap, that's a bunch of baloney. And 
I texted you about this because, and you're like, why are you watching that? I'm like, I didn't do anything. It just played because you had Lutheran convert in your title and YouTube saw Lutheran and decided to play more Lutheran stuff. Right. Right. So here I am. I've already slept through a Lutheran sermon. And now I'm watching a presentation about Luther, and he's talking about the timeline, and he's got these apparent gaps when he's discussing history. He's saying, well, Luther's this way, but Luther's this way. He's good on this, but he's bad on this. And I'm sitting here going, well, you know that could be said about a lot of people, but I'm not willing to base my salvation on a kook. Luther, 1,500 years after the Bible was written and a canon created around it that's based on truth and history, I just can't swallow that. But... I just don't know. I mean, I just there the logic does not compute for me. Uh Wolf Ma, Wolf Mueller or something is yeah. was his name. And when, he sounded intelligent and he had a good sense of humor, but a lot of his argument was flawed. It was very flawed. And that's where it comes to Protestants. They don't want to actually have a conversation. They want to shut it down. They want to do the mic drop to with, shut you up. With what they think is a bombshell, with what they yeah. is something we've never heard of in our lives, they'll bring up something we got 22 answers for. But as soon as you start giving them an answer... They're going to run to another topic. You hit their brick wall. Yeah. And you can't get through that because that's not part of what they were taught. And right. that's what I've been dealing with the last week or two is, in my mind, I keep running into these one-liners that people have. And, all the you know, like I said, I... I called it a list of stupid things Protestants say. Yeah, go through you some. Can, you, can, you can say it, you know, things Protestants say that Catholics can't agree with or don't understand. Uh, what got this list started for me, the first two, one is why not trust God's written word over the words of sinful man? Protestants tell me that all the time. And I'm sitting here going, man wrote it. <laughs> well, they're they're willing to listen to their Protestant pastors, but they're going to ignore the early church fathers. Yeah, that doesn't compute. They're going to ignore what the apostles say and some of what Jesus says. Oh, they'll find the process. They'll shut Jesus down in a heartbeat. That they want to take Jesus literal until Jesus starts talking some Catholic stuff. Then like on, John six, yeah, John six. They're gonna shift. They're gonna downshift. <laughs> they're gonna hit. They're gonna 
downshift get when they get to something capital. Yeah. Beside number two, perfect. Number two, the Roman Catholic Church adds to Scripture and takes away from Scripture. We can explain that. But for a Protestant to say that is a lack of understanding on their part. They don't know. That's it. They don't know. Most of them do not know where their Bible come from. And another thing they're messed up on is that period from Jerusalem, the upper room, until uh, the Pope Constantine called for the council in three, whatever, 300, whatever. Those 325. There, they don't all, they don't consider those people that they were Catholic. They think, oh no, they were like us. Then it was, oh no, they weren't. It, then they got Romanized and perverted. But see, you just hit on number three. <laughs> Constantine started the Catholic Church in 325. That's a lie. That's a fallacy. An absolute lie. And how can people with reputations and scholarship get around that? How can yeah. you believe a lot? You know, how can people go? You know, but we're taught lies in school all the time, I believe. And the media lies to us constantly. They do. Yeah. The government lies to us constantly now that you've brought up lies we're going to hit four five and six what about the crusades what about the inquisition what about galileo and i even hear this from catholics about galileo oh they imprisoned galileo yeah he was in a lush environment where he had a servant and he wasn't told to stop he was told, don't say it like that. <laughs> but they only want to hear the bad stuff. It's like a, a train wreck. But, you know, but people want to watch a train wreck. They do not want to hear anything true that makes their church and their founders look as bad as maybe we would with the Inquisition and all that mess. Yeah. Right, that's where I brought up simple Christian. Yeah. Oh, there you just said she. You just talked about a female pastor, which is unscriptural. Yeah. Or friended. Like that Methodist minister I ran into downtown that my Bible doesn't say that. Oh, really? Your Bible's wrong. And then number seven. What about all the wealth at the Vatican? Mm -hmm. That Protestant friend that I unfriended, he is always hammering on about, well, if we took all the priceless treasures away from the Vatican and sold them, we could cure poverty and inequity and... Right. We could do misery in the world with all the wealth of the Vatican. Yeah, let me that ties right into the leftist woke view of well, if we robbed all the rich, we would have peace and harmony today in the United States. That's BS. That is not true. First of all, the Vatican possesses a lot of 
artifacts. They have a lot of treasures. They have a lot of uh, golden chalices and candlesticks. And all of that is held in, uh, like the Smithsonian, where the Smithsonian holds all the history of the United States for further generations, for eternity. Yeah. Yeah, posterity. And it's not that they own that stuff. Like, are people aware that when a Catholic priest becomes ordained, they are generally gifted their robes, their Eucharistic set, their chalice, their patents, their families mm -hmm. get together and buy that stuff for their children that become priests. For instance, if my grandson becomes a priest, it's our family that will chip in to buy the chalice, and they ain't cheap. Because I got a story off camera. I got something to tell you off camera. But people don't realize that. So now you've got 2,000 years of Catholic families donating their time, their effort, their wealth for the church, for their priests to glorify God. And that's what a church is. A church is a place where God is always present. Jesus is always present in the tabernacles in the form of the Eucharist. That's why my Wiccan friends can walk into a closed, shut down Catholic church and still feel something. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. And you don't, feel that when you go to a Protestant church because it it might just be a an old bar yeah or an old schoolhouse or warehouse an old community center yeah Store it could be anywhere yeah but a Catholic church is holy ground it's it's something it's something more than just a building it's it's a place where God can dwell, just like in the Old Testament tabernacle. Um, or temple. Or, yeah, the temple. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. A Catholic church is a temple of the second covenant. Right. The new covenant. The holy presence right there. And then you've always hit on this one that just Google priest arrest or pastor arrested teacher arrested well yeah we may have had some sinful priests but protestants have sinful pastors too yeah uh jimmy swagger yeah my jim dad loved baker. jimmy swagger jim baker well my dad loved jimmy swagger i know that he, he had good sermons yeah well, they can preach. I mean, his theology was wrong, but his sermons were good. Yeah, I can go to a Lutheran church here down the street, and I can sit there and 
well, this looks quite Catholic. You know, they have three readings, two from the the Bible plus a gospel reading. They have a homily. It's very laid out, similar to a Catholic mass. I wonder why. Oh, I wonder why, too. Maybe because they, like, copied it. Um, But they got rid of what they didn't like, what they were uncomfortable with. They were the first Catholic. And, and I'm not. I'm not here to trash Protestants. I'm not here to say, you know, with a pitchfork and a torch. But I'm not going to lay down and let them talk smack when they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Uh, Go on to number 11. Paul wasn't Catholic. Shit. Paul was Catholic. Uh, 12, we don't put Jesus in a box. Oh, they don't? Oh, my goodness. They the don't? Old Testament is all about putting God in a box. That's what the tabernacle was. Dead means dead. That's number 13. Well, if if eternal life doesn't exist, then dead is dead. But if eternal life does exist, the body is dead, but the soul still lives. It's like common sense. And we already kind of hit on this one. My Bible says. My Bible tells me. <laughs> uh, you get your Bible from. I have a, another oh, friend that, that he used to be an atheist. Then he became a deist. Then he became Christian. And I have not, I've known him since 2009. And I still have not gotten what denomination he is. Will he tell you? He, he kind of hints that he's Messianic Jew, which is a Jew who's Christian. And he always says things like, I understand Catholics believe this. And then he says something mm-hmm. and usually that something that he says is something less than intelligent and instead what they need to say is hey ethel guess what i heard <laughs> more like gossip instead of facts yeah it is because because all oh, the protestants have made good use of the printing press. They have. They have pumped out some literature, anti-Catholic literature, for 500 years. And they have. have, I'm a a typical Catholic. I cannot quote you chapter and verse, but I know the stories. Right. Okay. So when I want to find out what the verses are, I do a search on the internet and I look into what the Protestants have put out on the internet and I get the verses. Then I go look up in my Douay Reams searchable Bible and I read the verses from the Douay Reams and I'm like, that's not what that means. I don't know about you, but that's not what that means. It's kind of crazy. 
But that friend of mine who is kind of messianic Jew now, he also claims to identify as a Gentile. What are the odds that there's actually a true Gentile alive in the world today in the United States? How many Gentiles do you really think there are? And let's define Gentile. A Gentile is someone who's not Jewish and not Christian. How many are there? That would be a tourist to New York City. Because everybody's Jewish or Catholic in New York City. If you're not one of those, then you're a Gentile. How many of them do you think there are in the United States? Um, I don't know. I'm leaning towards zero. Uh, communion. My Lutheran friend told me one day, well, we believe in communion too. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not quite the same. You believe in something called the Lord's Supper probably, and it's very symbolic, but I'm not sure that you believe that it is the body and blood of Jesus Christ, body, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And number 19, Catholics worship Mary. There's another one of those one-liners that they want to shut you down with. What do you say when they say, well, I've been to Mass, and I have seen with my own eyes people bowing before that statue of Mary, and I can tell they're praying. What What's your response to that? You're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, I've got a sense of humor. Yeah. It's... It, it doesn't get me a lot of friends. <laughs> but along with that goes, Mary's not the mother of God. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like basic logic. Mary gave birth to Jesus. Jesus is God. Therefore, Mary is the mother of God. Mm -hmm. It's not that Mary is the eternal mother of the creator it just means that the part that became jesus she's the mother of that yeah she's the mother of god the son no one's the mother in the flesh yeah they did that to elevate the deity of christ not to shine a spotlight on her yeah and when people realize that Mary does nothing but magnify Christ, she points in every way to Jesus. Do as he tells you. Didn't it's Jesus, right there in the Bible, too. Didn't Jesus say in, in the book of John that when he was praying the priestly prayer, I think it was John 17, the high priestly prayer, maybe 18 where he asked God to show us his glory, to share his glory with us. It says, it. Glorify, glorify me. I want them to see me in my glory. Jesus wanted to share his glory with his people. But I hear Protestants say, God don't share his glory with no one. But there's Jesus saying, right there in John, I want to share my glory with you. I don't know. 
What are you going to do with I that? I mean, the, the God of the Old Testament was kind of vengeful, wasn't he? A little bit. He may have he been. He was a little jealous. Might have been Italian. <laughs> but along with the last two is Mary's just another sinner. Yep. Poor old sinner. They get me. Yep. I've seen some nasty things. She's just an old sinner like any other old woman. Dead in her grave, needing a savior. I've heard that one. Now that, to say that the person is trying to offend a Catholic and they're also showing their heart that their heart is black towards Jesus' Mary, Jesus' mom, because they think they're taking up for Jesus. You know, his mom could have been any old incubator. But that's not true because yeah. God has a certain criteria that he deserves. He deserves the best. I, I can promise everyone that God did not randomly roll the dice on who was going to raise his own child up, both father and mother. There was a father, Joseph. That man, there must have been something about that man. God was God wanted Joseph to be the earthly influence on his son. And I don't know how long he lived. I, mean, I we, find it entertaining that nowhere in history do we find the tabernacle the bones of G of Joseph and the bones of Mary mm -hmm. three things that you cannot find a trace of after a, a time bones of Jesus. They were here. They were here and then they're gone. And yet yeah, Jesus too. Yeah. There's no, there's no physical traces of them. Let, let me ask you they're this. Just, you know, just I'm gone. in true crime, right? You know, I'm in a true crime. Yeah, I don't understand that, but go ahead. I don't either. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're making huge advances in forensic science, DNA. They're getting to where, you know, you can mix up eight different people's blood in a, in a bucket, stir it up, and throw it against the wall, and they can find out whose blood is whose and who's hit wow. first. Okay? And, um, they're, they're finding out things about DNA that make the Catholic Church look pretty smart. For example, a mother carries a baby in her womb for nine months, and that baby's DNA gets in there with her blood and body. And even after the baby is delivered in birth, there are still living cells from that baby's DNA floating around her body for life. So that means when Jesus went up to heaven, when he ascended, and Mary's still down here, she's still carrying around Jesus. His the cells of God. She's radioactive. With <laughs> she, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. DNA is in her blood. And think, you, know, you just got to think about the ramifications of that. What that means. 
She could not die and rot in the grave, or Jesus would have died and rotted in the grave. His DNA would be there right now, all shriveled up and dead. Can't happen. Yeah. Bible says he is incorruptible. So you got to deal with that. What are you going to do with the parts of Jesus alive inside of Mary? Is she going to be dead and buried and the DNA just float up to heaven? They didn't know this stuff 10 years ago, Eric. They didn't know anything close to that 2,000 years ago. Yeah, and then, you know, the Catholic fathers talked about her being full of grace, as full as God as a human can be. God's When the Holy Spirit came, it says it invaded her. I heard one, one uh, expression in the language was it was like an invasion. So she's called the spouse. Why is she called the spouse of the Holy Spirit? That's sounding pretty deep to me. For Mary to be the Holy Spirit to be the spouse. That's heavy. And then they like to throw out that accusation that we're cannibals. Yeah. That one, I like, that one makes me laugh as much as, oh, you Catholics are a cult. Mm-hmm. What's the... What's the word? What's the word cult similar to culture? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, a cult is a culture. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation. You don't even it have just to be- we believe in what we believe because it's what we believe. It doesn't mean we're weird. Mm-hmm. The the original Christians were considered a cult of Judaism. Yeah. So the term cult has been used from the beginning. They've been a cult. Another way to say it is a sect. Christians were a sect of Judaism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's one of my all-time favorites, though. Number 24. Paul corrected Peter one time, so Peter is always wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This goes back to that they're eating together with Jews, and then they're eating together with Gentiles, and Peter does as the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And Paul, or Peter does as the Jews, and Paul corrects Peter and says, Hey, we all need to be one family. So Peter was corrected by Paul, but Protestants like take that as a license that Peter was always wrong. Oh, they love Paul. You know what? Oh, they love Paul. You go in a Catholic bookstore with a Protestant and they're going to see a bunch of books and gifts about Mary and say, that's idolatry. The focus should be Jesus. Then you go to the Protestant bookstore and they got an entire section devoted to Paul. Paul this, Paul that, the life of Paul, the theology. He's got, they got so much stuff about him. You think he was part of the Trinity. Kind of, sort of. You know, they the, feel the same. They feel similar with James. They say, well, at the Council of Jerusalem, James was the one who solved all the problems. He was the and decided to write a letter. Hmm. Concerning the Gentiles. 
Now the and circumcision is addressed to the Jews, right? Yep. To the twelve tribes in Israel, is that James one? Uh, I'm Catholic. I don't know the verses. I need. <laughs> I got a Bible. I'm, I'm a weak Catholic. As far as my Bible verses go. We got about and minutes to finish your list. Three minutes? Yeah. Jeez. If Jesus was alive today, he'd be a Democrat. Really? Would That's a lie. Planned Parenthood or something? Would he be <laughs> I don't know. at the Pride Festival? If it's not in the Bible, it didn't happen. Really? Mayflower <laughs> didn't happen. According to some Protestants, that's what they believe. The Bible didn't happen. The world, the world the will end in 1842 or 1843 or 1844. Pick any date. The apostles had a King James version of the Bible. Yep. Fresh off the press. Leather bound. The Vatican is greedy, but my Protestant church is not. Yeah, my Protestant church never begs on for money on TV, and we never sell indulgences. The Protestants never promise you a healing or a financial breakthrough. If you'll send us your tithes and offerings, God will give you a breakthrough, right? That's called selling indulgences. It's the same thing. Right. Seed time and harvest. Have a need uh, or seed. Do what I was thinking. If you have a need, sow a seed. Well, they'll preach indulgences and riches all day long on TV. Watch Creflo Dollar or Joyce Meyer, any of them. Kenneth Copeland. I like Joyce Meyer. Yes. I, I, I mean, she's funny. I worked for her before, briefly. I ran her back water once. A I, I enjoy her preaching. Yeah. She's entertaining. She's, not She's definitely entertaining. You just, but her theology, I got to disagree with her. You like her. But the, appli the application of her, what she has to say is right. Well, she, but she's the, 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 the theology is wrong. Yeah. They, these people are prophets, but then they have their security people get killed and murdered. And you'd think if they're prophets, wouldn't they have known that, gotten a heads up? They have so much mess that goes on in those ministries that no one knows about. But I was on the inside, Eric, okay? I was on the inside with some very famous television evangelists. And they got stuff going on in their lives they don't want us knowing about. Yeah. But when it's a Catholic, it's okay to blow it up wall-to-wall -wall 24 and 7. It means something, but when you show a a prosperity preacher buying a new Learjet, it doesn't it doesn't stain the religion. It stains that person. But the Protestants would take a bad person, a bad priest, and stain the entire religion off of a bad priest. Yes. But you see what I'm saying? They don't want to be, they don't want to treat the fallen priest the same way. 
If they have a bad pastor, but it's just that pastor. Yeah, it's just him. We have a bad priest, and it's the whole church. Right, it's the entire religion. You know, and that kind of ties in with something I want to make sure I get said here. Well, you better hurry because you're in overtime. Just because we disagree with someone doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean that I know it all. It just may mean that I'm willing to look a little deeper. And you may be comfortable where you're at. Jesus brings peace to a lot of people in their Protestant faith. But is that because they understand everything or because they've just created a line and they are comfortable to that point. But to disagree with them does not mean we don't like them. It doesn't mean we're mad at them. It means we're trying to get them to see the bigger picture. Eric, guess what? They don't like what? us. They don't like us. It, it's they don't. Religion, it's it's all. I'm gonna tell you, man. I, I just to say the word Catholic my, was a bad taste in my mouth for fifty years. Because I look, yeah, but look how look how you've changed. Because you learn stuff. You learn. The thing is, okay, my brother, my brother wanted to bring up all these respected ministers we grew up with, right? How can they be wrong? They're such brilliant men of God. And I'm telling my brother, dude, if you knew what was going on at their house, you would realize they're as messed up as anybody. But we looked, Protestants looked at their pastors, especially the big guns like Billy Graham, you know, uh, people like that. They're Charles Stanley. You know, you got these Protestant ministers are very famous and you never heard anything bad about them. And they're smart. Therefore, their religion must be the right one. And it's like I told my brother, I said, look, the Catholic Church has literally hundreds of the greatest theologians that's ever lived. That these people you think are right studied after these Catholic theologians. Augustine and all. And I finally had, he said, do you think Charles Stanley is wrong? I said, hell yeah, he's wrong. He's wrong on about 80 different points. But how do you get him to see that? You can't. You can't do that. The, the only person that's going to truly come to you for this asking is because all of a sudden they have a desire that God puts there to take another look at it, to ask. Because when I went, I told my wife after the first mass, I said, I really like this. I mean, I liked it. I felt God. It was interesting. And But to me, but you got all this stuff that's wrong, right? But I kept going, and every week I would just tackle an issue because I was being sincere. Well, what do the Catholics say about purgatory? Where is that and why? 
They had answers. Legitimate, logical answers for everything. It just made sense. I agree. You know? And I'm like, how did I? Why did, you know, it's just I was so full of misinformation. Full, and it wasn't just misinformation. It was um, an hatred of prejudices against this religion. That's the way I felt, Dalton. But it's, it's kind of like a racist feeling. You know how a, a lot of people do not, you know what anti-Semitics are? Like Luther, Martin Luther, the biggest anti People that don't like Jews for no apparent reason. Oh, he called for their persecution and physical harm. And nobody cares. He don't get canceled. Martin Luther's got stuff out there that if you read it, if you said what Martin Luther said on a TV interview, you would be canceled forever. Because he was a big time racist. And people may say, well, this father and this father was racist, but they didn't start a religion. I see the Jews as our ignorant brothers and sisters. Or not. They're they're in denial. They can't help it. They've been struck blind. But we we can't we can't condemn them because they're still the chosen people of the first covenant. You see, they're, they're still our okay. They're still our family. Persons of the first covenant. And then yes, which my thing is. That covenant died a long time ago. It's non and void, a mutual release. There's all kinds of real estate terms for it. That deal fell through. But Jesus still wants them in the new covenant. Well, go talk to the Presbyterians about that because they believe only certain people have been selected to be saved. And some of them believe that Israel doesn't even have to turn to Jesus, that they're going to be saved anyhow. A lot of them believe that. I have no clue what to think about that. My personal thing is the nation of Israel rejected Moses. Then they rejected Jesus as a godless country. You know what percentage of Israelis go to synagogue or church? No. It's very much an atheistic nation. Really? Yeah. When we get off here, you go you go do some research and look, the Jewish religion, go find yourself a Jewish friend that goes to synagogue. I live, there's an entire city that's Jewish, right down the right next to EWTN. EWTN is right on the city limits of one of the biggest Jewish residential places in America. There's a whole city. It's all Jewish. There's thousands of people that live there. They own all kinds of franchises that are famous around here. Okay? Where's the synagogue at? Shouldn't there be about 50 synagogues? For them you to think? 
go Google synagogues in Mountain Brook, Alabama, and see what you come up with. Because Mountain Brook, Alabama is a lot like Miami. A lot of Jewish people. But you would think if those Jews were all practicing, there'd be thousands of synagogues. Because there's millions of Jews. But there's not. I don't know hardly. I don't think I know any Jewish people. Yeah, the last one I talked to, I got a friend that's Jewish, and I just wanted to go to synagogue because I have been told that if you're a Catholic and go to a synagogue, you will recognize a lot of stuff. You'll recognize the mass. So I called my buddy up and said, hey, man, what synagogue? Well, I knew there's only one synagogue down there. I said, do you go to synagogue on Saturdays, you know? Man, they ain't been to synagogue in 30 years. But they got all this stuff in their house, you know, I guess like non-practicing Catholics. But menorahs and whatnot. Yeah, all those lampstands and stuff, you know, that you see at Mass. You see it in the Jewish stuff. Then, oh, there it is at our Catholic Mass, a continuation. Hmm. But, I may have to do some research about modern Judaism. I mean, really? How many people practice their faith that are Jewish? God told them in Malachi, the last verse, if you people walk away from this covenant, I'm done. You're cursed. That's what he said. Read the last verse of the Protestant Old Testament. Not our Old Testament. The last verse of Malachi. And read that. There's a promise there that you can stand on. People don't want to stand on the negative promises, the threats of God. <laughs> yeah, but that's get that gets awful scary. Yeah. So just Google that. Synagogues in Mountain Brook, Alabama. So how long over are we? Oh, way long. They quit watching that <laughs> 10 minutes anyhow. I'll put your good picture up, okay? I'm okay with the other one. It doesn't matter to me. I got a sense of humor. All right, bud. But you're not going to get as many views with an ugly picture of me as you are with a nice-looking woman. Go back and look and see the views you've gotten compared to the nicer-looking guests, and you've got some of them. Some of yours have more views. I look. <laughs> <laughs> Neck channel, man. Always look like coat and tie. Do what? This is a redneck channel. People that find this channel, you know, there's something that they opened it. Redneck. They open it. They don't expect to see two guys with PhDs wearing dinner jackets and speaking the king's English, you know, with an accent. It's redneck. Well, you should have seen me years ago in college. Maybe I'll send you a picture of my high school graduation. Do that, buddy. But I got to go. I'm a lot cleaner cut. <laughs> you look fine. I love you, brother. I'll give you a call. I love you, too. Bye-bye.